Oh, thank you so much. So, thank you so much, Sajid. Um, I was, uh, we've been, me and my wife have been here for a couple of years in Dubai, and I was actually starting to think to change my name. And, um, yeah, after all the trouble you've been through to start to say it. So, um, I was thinking, let's just stick to G. That's easy. Hey, friends, I must tell you, I've had such a good time. Such a good time in this praise and worship. And hopefully you had the same thing. Such a good time. I just cannot help myself. When, when the Spirit of God starts moving, I just cannot. It's just my leg starts going, my arm starts flapping, and I just can't control myself. So um, it's really good to be in the presence of God when, when the worship is flowing. I haven't actually started yet, but I see they've already started my time, so I do have an extra few minutes if I, if I need to go over. I want to ask you to have a look at this picture, and you just, I'm going to give you a few minutes to, uh, or maybe, uh, maybe just a few seconds to try and figure out what is, what is standing on, that, on, that, um, on the heading there. And what we are looking at is the eye of God through the helix, they call it the helix nubia, through the Hubble telescope. That's what they call it, the eye of God. Beautiful picture, eh? Beautiful picture, eh? Beautiful picture, eh? Yes! Beautiful picture! My friends, my prayer is this. My prayer is this for this church, that we will today, we, me and you, that's here today, that we will have a real and true encounter with the King. Not just see the eye of God, through a telescope, but that me and you can see the face of God looking at us while we're worshipping the King. What a privileged position this is. So my prayer is this, that we will embrace God for who He truly is. You might, if this is your first time, you might have been just Standing on the fringes looking in of what is happening here. Or you might just look at the Christian life standing on the fringes looking in of what is happening with those people. And it might be just a scary sight for you. You're not quite sure what this Christian life is all about. But my prayer is that you as well will have such an encounter with God today. Because when we do have an encounter with the real God, it is unsettling, friends. What we are going through is, is convicting to us. And this demands that we will change our lifestyle. You with me? I love it when you speak to me. Can today be that day? Where we come face to face with him. Not just looking through a telescope at a picture of stars which they call God's eye. But can we get face to face with our king? A God to whom all praise is due. All praise is due to this God. A God that desires. His desire is this, to manifest himself to me and to you. A God that seriously and truly wants to walk with me and you. This is the God we are serving. And friends, this is the God I pray that we will have a great encounter with. And before I start, let me, let's just pray together. Father, we thank you that you are such an awesome God. Father, we thank you that we can come into your presence, jump into your lap, 
look you in the face and tell you that we love you, Jesus. Father, I thank you for the victory that you have already won for us, the battles that you've already fighting for us. And Father, we can live this victorious life through you. Jesus, I thank you for the horrible price you paid for us on this cross. And friends, the scripture we are about to read is talking to God's people. It's talking to me. It's talking to you. The scripture we are about to read is talking about the believers. And it is... Um, and he's talking about how me and you are getting to see things and getting to experience things that the people before Jesus never get to experience. Just think about this for a moment. Me and you got this privilege to experience some stuff that people before Jesus came could never experience. That is such a privileged position that we are in. You agree with me? So, so Paul is writing this letter to the believers in Colossians. And this context of this letter is all about encouragement. All about encouragement to this church he's writing to. Because these believers had some great, great, great challenges they needed to go through. But Paul also knew that this believers he's writing to will also have greater challenges which they need to work through. Paul knew this, so he wrote this letter. And this is my prayer, that we as a church and we as individuals will not just find this letter encouraging but we will also find this letter uh, applicable and applicable to our life today. In this letter, we find this in Colossians 1, verse 26 to 27. You can follow with me on the board. Friends, my, I truly hope that when, we, when we've walked through this passage, that new life, new passion will arise within us. Because the, our God is a God that is alive, that loves us, and truly wants the best for us. Colossians 1 verse 26 says this, The mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed to his saints. Verse 27, to them, that means to me and to you. God chose, this is such a beautiful thing, God chose, it means he didn't need to, but he wanted to, he chose to do this. God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of this glory of this mystery. Which is this, Christ in you, the hope for glory. Christ inside of us. Friends, this in itself, just this passage, is a revelation to some of us. Because we could think of God being out there somewhere, living in space, but this passage just reveals where God really is. He's choosing to make his place inside of us. What a privilege this is. Seriously, it is. So this brings me to the very first point I want to make. The manifestation of God's presence. Not just around us, but inside of us. I hope you're excited to hear this. My friends, the main theme of this letter in Colossians was this. Christ inside of you. This was the main theme of this, of this letter. These three words have changed the life of the believers in Colossians. Christ in you. But friends, it still has the very same power today to change things around in our life when we recognize and when we embrace this passage that says Christ within you. For all those believers who lived before Christ, for all those great saints, I want you to think about them in, those, in the Old Testament, those great saints. 
They had a faith in God that could be summarized by these words, that Christ was with them. Look at Moses. God was with Moses. God was with Abraham. God was with David. God was with the nation of Israel in the, in the, in the cloud by day and in the fire by night. God was with him. God was always committed to be with his people. And even when Jesus came, they called him Emmanuel, which means Christ with us. So they had this privilege of God being with them. But then Christ came and he was crucified and he paid this horrible price for us. And then he rose from the dead and many things have changed because of this. Jesus Christ ascended into heaven and he said these words. He said these words to us in John 14. He says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. And the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it never sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you. And will be in you. Such that he will be in you. What a promise this is. Friends, this speaks about, just this verse speaks about real intimacy. Speaks about not just an intimacy we heard about. It speaks about real intimacy. Real intimacy with the king, the creator of creation, and the king who loves us. Real intimacy. Friends, real intimacy is available through what Christ has done for us. When we truly seek his face, truly come before him and say, God, I'm seeking your face. And I'm not just seeking what's in your hand, but I'm seeking your face. True intimacy is there. Such a beautiful promise of the manifestation of his presence. Friends, it's kind of difficult to try and explain this more than what I've had. Really difficult to try and explain this. this it's, it's somehow, some supernatural way. The spirit of a living God. The God that created that beautiful stars we can look at. That same God comes and lives inside of us. Decides to make this his residence. What an activation of his presence towards us. Friends, this promise wasn't just for the disciples at Pentecost. It was for them. It wasn't just for them. It surely is for me and you as well. We can have Christ's presence dwelling on the inside of us and God manifesting himself to us in a very, but very real way. And this encounter and experience I'm talking about does get a little bit more explained in John 14. And I want, I'm going to read this slowly for you. We're going to we'll just work through this a little by little. It says, John 14, verse 19 to 23. Yet a little while, Jesus is speaking here. He says, let a little while... And you will see me no more. Excuse me. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more. But you will see me. You well of life. You will see me. You will see me. Because I live, you also will live. What a promise is this. Because I live, you also will live. And in that day, you know that I am in you. I'm in my Father. And you in me. And I'm in you. And whoever, that means anybody. It's such an inclusive gospel. It says, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. 
How beautiful is this? But surely, it's difficult to grasp. So Judas is asking Jesus this question. He says, Judas said to him, Lord, how is it? How is this that you will manifest yourself to us, but not to this world? And Jesus gives such a beautiful answer. He says, if anyone loves me, again, totally inclusive gospel. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Thank you, Lord, for deciding to make your home within me. What a privilege this is for me. What a position this places me in. When I look at the Father, I can see him there, but I can also feel he's inside of me and with me. For the disciples, this was very hard to understand. And they had no clue about this indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Friends, but for us, we have seen the outpouring of God's Spirit. We have heard about the outpouring of, this, of God's Spirit. We've experienced the outpouring of God's Spirit. Jesus is talking about this. Jesus manifests himself to us through the gift of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Friends, the whole thing in God's economy is this, that God is living inside of me and you to empower us and manifest his purposes through our lives. Brings me to the second point I want to make, the manifestation of this purpose. Why is this happening? Why did God choose to do this? For what reason did he give his son to die? For what reason did he send his spirit to live inside of us? Why, Lord, why? We ask this question and Jesus answers this question. In Luke 4 verse 43, it says, I must preach the good news in the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. I was sent for this purpose. Jesus is giving us the very same mandate. The very same mandate he came with, Jesus is giving, us, giving it to us. The very same purpose. And he calls us to live our lives in a way that is aligned with his purpose. This is his purpose. Let me give you a, a short example of, of the purposes God has given us. You remember about the woman at the well. She's going to the well to get some water. She's going in the middle of the day so because she doesn't want to get disturbed. And um, sadly for her, she does get disturbed. And she's getting into this conversation with Jesus, and Jesus is just talking to her about her life and her past and what is happening. And she realized that Jesus is the prophet. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the one we've been waiting for. This is him. He's here right in front of me. Jesus says these words to her. He says, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him, will never thirst again. But the water that I will give him will become inside of him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. This woman receives this word. This woman believes the word Jesus is telling her. And just look what she does with this word. In verse 39 it says this, Many Sumerians from this little town believed in him because of this woman's testimony. This is the purpose. God is sending his spirit. So that we can receive His Spirit. But so that we can talk about His Spirit. So that people can hear this testimony that God, of God's saving grace and God's saving power. That's the purpose. Friends, I must tell you that God is still enough. God is still enough today. 
God is still enough to change situations around in your life. God is still enough to heal the sick. God is still enough to, to, uh, to set the captives free. God is still enough to save lost souls. His power is not lost. God is still enough. But I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I positioning myself? Am I aligning myself and let the manifested presence of God work through me? Ask yourself this question. And while you're asking yourself this question, just think about this for a minute. Spirit of a living God. Spirit of a living God. The creator of heaven and earth comes to me makes his, his, his place within me, transforms me from the inside out. He works through me his purposes. This describes an internal transformation. What a beautiful demonstration of God's power, of God's kindness towards us. What a beautiful demonstration is this. Friends, if I, if I start thinking about this seriously, it's too much for me to think about how could he? How could God just leave heaven and come and make his way to me? Make his way to the cross. Die for me. Live inside of me to give me a purpose. This is what our king is doing. Third and last point I want to make is this manifestation of God's terrific power. God is present all around us. Do you believe this? God is present all around us. But the beautiful thing about his omnipresence is this refers to God is everywhere all the time. And he is. His omnipresence is that. Even though that he is everywhere all the time. I certainly believe this. That God chose to concentrate the very essence of who he is. In a certain time, in a certain place, in a certain period. God concentrates himself into that. That is where we enjoy, me and you. That is where we can enjoy some revival. That's where we can enjoy real miracles. That's where we can enjoy supernatural healings. That's where we see signs and wonders. That's where we experience some godly protection. When God concentrates all of who he is, this, I want to be with my people here tonight. Despite his omnipresence, it's there. But God can decide, I want to be I want to just be involved here tonight. God can decide that. And that, my friends, that is the manifested presence of God. And the question you can ask yourself, and you can answer yourself the same question, do I see this in my life? Oh, it's a difficult question to ask. Do I see God moving in my life? Do I experience it? Or are we okay just living without it? Are we okay with that? Are we okay living without His presence, His real manifested presence in our lives? Friends, the fact is this, God's manifested power should not be just an optional extra in our lives. But it should be regular occurrences. Friends, regular occurrences of supernatural healing should be part of who we are. Friends, regular occurrences of miracles should be part of who we are. Regular occurrences of revival and signs and wonders and even godly protection should be part of who we are. I want to share with you a story of God's great protection. 
godly manifestation of his power and godly protection. I'm going to read to you a, a piece from a newspaper article. And if you just think back maybe a month ago, there was an airplane accident of this Brazilian football team. And there you can see some pictures of this team that was on this plane and they were on their way to be part of a tournament. And I want to read for you this piece of article that has been published in a newspaper. It says the Brazilian footballer, he's talking about one man now, the Brazilian footballer Helio Neto, who was among the six survivors of the Colombian plane crash on Tuesday, 29 November 2016. He was reading a Bible verse which says, My soul follows you closely. My right hand upholds me. 74 people died in this plane crash, including the football team who were flying to Colombia on the 10 p.m. flight to play the first leg of the South American Cup final against Atletico National. Ilio Neto was one of three footballers, two crew and a journalist who remained alive in this devastating crash. It was discovered that Ilio Neto was reading a Bible passage about the safety in the shadow of God's wings before the accident. The Bible was found among the plane wreckage by a rescue team and the Bible was returned to his wife. A bookmark was inserted next to Psalm 63. You want, to hear, you want to hear what Psalm 63 says? Friends, when, I, when I've read Psalm 63 after this, I've had such an urge just to be in the presence of our King. Father, I just want to talk to you. I just want to be with you. Just listen to what Psalm 63 says. It says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water, so I have looked upon you and your sanctuary, beholding your power and your glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich foods. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you on the watch of night. For you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wing I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Friends, this article goes on. It says... His wife, Simone, described him as a deeply religious, spirit-filled person who always traveled with his Bible, no matter where the destination. The Bible was the first thing he would take whenever he leaves. And his wife says, I'm grateful to have this Bible back. This was a man on his way to play a football tournament. But his mind was set on God. His mind was set on how much he protects me, how much he involves, he's involved in my life. That is what his mind was set on. His mind was set on the manifestation power of God in his life. I want to conclude with just a few more words. And Johnny, if you uh, just come and play for us a bit. My friends, when we come before our King, when we come before Jesus, when we come with passion, God comes with power. When we come with passion, 
God comes with power. Because where there is a hunger, there is a passion. And where there is passion, there is power. This reminds me of the woman with the issue of blood. She's seen many physicians throughout her life. She was a desperate woman. Desperate in need to be, to be healed. Friends, passion drove her to push through this crowd. Passion drove her to just, just touch the hem of his garment. And when she touched the hem, she was healed. When there's passion, there's power. Ask yourself this. Do I see God moving with power in my life? Do I see this? Do I see God moving with power when I pray? Do I see God moving with power in, in revival around me? Do I see God moving with power with healings around me? Do I see this? Where there's passion, there's power. In the very same way, like Psalm 63 says, God, earnestly, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. God's power will follow my passion. I'm ending this off with just a quote from Smith Wigglesworth, the great revivalist evangelist. And I'm not quite sure if he's alive anymore. But he says these words, The greatest principle is that God, the Holy Spirit, come into my body and make manifest the mighty work of God and that I may profit. Not one gift alone, but as the Holy Spirit abides in my body, I find He fills it. And then one can truly say that this is the unction of the Holy One. It, is so, it so fills us that we feel we can command demons to come out of people possessed. And when I lay hands on the sick, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I realize that this body, is, is the outer coil merely, and that within is the Son of God. For I receive the word of Christ, and Christ is in me, and the Holy Spirit is making this a living word. Beautiful words. Friends, can I ask you to stand with me? I suppose if, if this is maybe your first, second or third time that coming to this church, your view of who God is has probably changed a bit. God is not a God that is out there somewhere. God is a God that is close by, inside, and wants to have a real relationship with you. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and we're going to just pray with this. Friends, you've heard me speak. You've heard, you felt the Spirit move in your soul. I'm convinced about this. And if you want to accept this free gift of Jesus living on the inside of you, friend, the Bible says that whoever, means all inclusive, whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. If that is you, and you would like to be part of this whosoever, what a beautiful group to be a part of. Whoever can be a part of this group. If you want to be a part of this whosoever, 
I want you to lift your hand for a second. We're going to pray with you. We won't embarrass you. We're just going to pray with you where you are. God is going to come with all of who He is, rushing into your life and making a, 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 a home inside of you. That's the first thing I want to pray for. Friends, the second thing is this. After I've deeply read Psalm 63, I've had such an urge to be with the King. And if you say the same thing that I'm done with lifeless religions, I'm done with that. I'm done with with just coming to church on a Friday and leaving here the very same. I'm done with not seeing miracles and revival happening in my life. I'm done with that. I want to see God for who He really is. I want to have a real encounter with the King. I want to have a real encounter with the God Almighty that loves me. You want to get before God and seek God, I want to seek your face. But not just your hand, but your face. I want to have the real you. I want God's manifested power, God's manifested presence, God's manifested purposes visible in my life. Friends, if that is you, we're going to respond today. And we're going to respond as a church because my prayer is this for this church God can we see more of who you are can we see more of you King can we see more revival breaking out can we see more people getting saved can we see more healings happening here can we see more of your godly protection this is my prayer for this church and friends I believe when we respond on the outside to what's happening on your inside it means so much more to you so we as a church we're going to worship a couple more songs we're going to look our God in the face because the word teaches us he's the lifter of our head we look him in the face we look to God face to face we're going to lift our hands and we're going to worship our king and say God I'm seeking you all of who you are not just a little part of who you are, but all of who you are. Everything, God, come with everything of who you are. And I'm going to ask Johnny and the team just to lead us in a couple of worship songs. And friends, you in your own words, in your own time, are going to express your heart's desire to our King. You're going to express how much you want Him. You're going to express how desperate you are to see Him move in your life. You're going to express how desperate you are for seeing revival happening. How desperate you are for seeing people getting saved here. If you are. Then you can switch those lights off and John is going to lead us. In this beautiful connection we're going to have with our King. Expressing our hearts.